Hello again, this is Edwin Crozier from the Franklin Church of Christ, and I am so glad that you've joined us as we open God's Word and learn how to serve and glorify Him. The lesson that you're about to hear was presented in 2005 at the Franklin Church of Christ on Sunday, the Lord's Day, in which it happened to coincide with Christmas Day. This lesson is an exciting one in my mind, and I hope you're benefited by it as well. It's entitled, Better Than Christmas. So open your Bibles and learn along with me, what is better than Christmas? I want to tell you about a conversation I had with my daughter Tessa about three Decembers ago. She was five. Marita had gone to the store, Ryan was in the crib asleep, and Tessa and Ethan and I were outside in the front yard. We still lived in Texas then. We were admiring the lights that we had put up and running around the yard chasing each other with Ethan's toy lightsabers. And out of the blue, Tessa stopped and looked at me and said, I miss Granddaddy Crozier. It was my dad who had died about two years before that. And I said, me too. I sure wish that I could talk to him again. I said, me too. She said, you know, I wish the judgment day would come so I could see him again. And I said, me too. She said, you know, I wish the judgment day would happen every day so I could see him every day. And I said, oh, Tessa. No, you don't understand. The judgment day only happens once. And before I could explain to her how it worked, she, she responded, what? It only happens once? Well, what if I die after the judgment day? Does that mean that I won't ever get to come back to life? And I thought at that time that the fatherly thing to do was to go inside, get her Bible out, and we opened to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I said, Tessa, listen to what God said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But we don't want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you'll not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I explained to Tess, I said, see, the judgment day only happens once. And all those who are dead in the Lord will come back to life in a spiritual body and live to be with the Lord forever and we'll be changed and we'll go to be with Him together forever in heaven. And so after the judgment day, Tessa, you'll get to see Granddaddy Crozier forever in heaven. And she said, oh, I don't want to do that. You, you, don't, want to, you don't want to go to heaven? Man, I'm just having trouble up here. You don't want to go to heaven? Well, if I, if I go to heaven, then I, we won't have our house and I won't be with Mommy and Daddy and Ethan and Ryan. I said, no, 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 Tessa. When we, when we go to heaven, we're, we're all going to go. And so we'll get to be together forever and we won't need our house. And she said, but Dad, we won't have any of our pictures. I said, but, but Tessa, 
We won't need our pictures. We're all going to be there together forever. And she said, but Dad, if we go to heaven, there won't be any more Christmas. And so I looked at her and I said, you like Christmas? She said, yes, sir. So you think Christmas is cool? Yes, sir. And you think Christmas is better than heaven? Yes, sir. I said, well, Tessa, heaven is better than Christmas. She said, yeah, but Dad, there's lights and there's presents. I said, Tessa, I know this is hard for you to grasp, but right now you're just going to have to trust me on this one. Heaven is better than Christmas. And you know what? I don't think she believed me. But she was five years old. And so that didn't bother me that much. My hope and prayer is is that as she gets older, her concept of heaven will grow. And that she will recognize that indeed, heaven is better than Christmas. But I'll tell you something that does bother me. What does bother me is that considering my own life, my own thoughts, and my own struggles, and other Christians that I know, I'm not so sure that that maturity about understanding heaven actually just comes as we get older. I think at times we all have our own Christmases that distract us from heaven that cause us to struggle and wonder, is heaven really better than this? And I have to ask myself the question, why do I struggle with heaven? Why do I struggle with all these things down here that distract me, things that I can see and touch and feel that distract me from looking to that picture of heaven, from that eternal reward that I'm constantly preaching about and talking about and studying about? And so as I consider that, I recognize a few things that cause me to struggle, and I want to share them with you, and I hope that by the time we're done, we'll all be able to say that whatever our Christmas is, we'll know that heaven is better than Christmas. I'll tell you, one of the big reasons that I struggle with heaven is because of the lack of details about heaven. What do I know about heaven? Now, surprisingly enough, God really doesn't tell us very much about our eternal goal. We know from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, our Father who is in heaven, that God is there. We know from 2 Peter chapter 3 and about verse 17 that we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Righteousness will be there. We recognize from 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 that we have an inheritance laid up for us in heaven. And one of the things that tells me is that there's an inheritance laid up for Christians that when I get there, my brethren are going to be there. So I know that. I recognize from Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 11, the Hebrew writer pointed out that there is a rest which awaits us. So in some way, comparing with what we're going through in this life, heaven is a rest. 
I know from that passage we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17 that the passage there says we will always be with the Lord. It's eternal. And I know what it says in Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I know that God tells me that no matter what I endure in this life on my journey to heaven, it'll be worth it. And I might be able to find a few more verses that comment on what heaven is like, but really, even with those things, I really don't know much about heaven. There's not that many details. But I take a look at my Christmases down here on the earth, and I have all kinds of details. I can look at the parts and the pieces that make them up. I can open up instruction manuals. I can see TV commercials about them or watch television shows about them or videos or hear songs or all those things that attract me down here. Boy, I've got lots of details about those things. And I think that sometimes that causes me to struggle. But despite the lack of details, what I do have is a Heavenly Father who looks at me and says to me in my finite existence, Son, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. Heaven is better than Christmas. As I continue to consider this lack of details, I recognize that when it comes to heaven, I am limited and distracted by what I see. Imagine heaven for just a moment. What do you see? You realize that everything that you picture in your mind are simply things that you've already seen down here? Or things that you can composite from what you've seen down here? This last week we went to Gatlinburg. Sit on that outlook and looked out across the valley and there the sunshine was hitting the trees and even though there weren't any leaves on it, it's golden and it's beautiful and you can see rivers and streams and it's, it's awesome. And when I think about heaven, those are the kind of things I think about. Or I think about those pictures of the Hawaiian shore with the clear blue water and how beautiful and refreshing that is. But you know, the problem is whenever I picture heaven... All I can picture are things that I have already seen down here because I am limited and distracted by what I have seen here. And as creative as I want to be, my imagination is still limited and all I can do is composite and combine things. And perhaps come up with a picture like a street of clear gold, clear as glass. And when I think like that, one of the problems that that causes me is that, well, heaven, in my mind, simply becomes nothing more than the really nice places that I've been down here. Well, I've already got those down here. You see how that could be a struggle? Why spend all my time worrying about getting to heaven? Why not just move to Gallenberg? Perhaps because there are no tourists in heaven. I remember Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. And yet the problem is my sight is constantly distracting and limiting me. So that I struggle with looking forward to heaven. 
And yet, even in the midst of all that struggle, there is God and He is saying to me, Son, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. Heaven is better than Christmas. And as I try to consider heaven, I ask questions about, what am I going to do there? I don't know what I'm going to do there. I remember when I was in college, somebody asked me, what do you think heaven is going to be like? And I turned to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 5, and excuse me, Revelation chapters 4 and 5. And all this, the, the picture of worship that going, that's going on in heaven. And I have no doubt that there's going to be worship in heaven. And I talked about all that. And, and you know what my friend said was, well, I'm not sure I really want to go there. I don't like going to church now. Why would I like doing it for eternity? But as time has gone on, I've studied more and I've come across passages like Luke 16. And in the parable in Luke chapter 16, verse 11 and 12, God in this parable on judgment, or Jesus in this parable on judgment says, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, this is Luke 16, 11, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? If you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? And if I understand this right, that which is another's and, and these, these other riches are the things that we have down here. And God is saying that there's something waiting for us. There's something that we're going to be given that's our own. And I don't know what that is. I don't understand it, but it causes me to say, well, I wonder if there's not going to be more to heaven than just worship. And I just don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do there. But I take a look at all my Christmases down here and I understand those. I know what I'm going to do with those. I'm going to drive them or play games on them or, or influence other people with them or have power or prestige. I know what I can do with all that. I know how this life works. But I look at heaven, I just, man, I don't know what I'm going to do there. And since I don't know what I'm going to do there, I'm not sure that I want to do it. And so I struggle with it. But then there's my Heavenly Father saying to me, Edwin, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. Heaven is better than Christmas. And then I wonder, how's it going to work? How's it going to work, being up there, being eternal? How's, how's that going to happen? And while I'm up there, am I going to know people? Are they going to know me? Well, I recognize Granddaddy Crozier. And a couple of weeks ago, on one of our Sunday night question and answer sessions, I, I pointed out that I tend to believe we will. Mark chapter 9, verse 2. In Mark chapter 9, at the beginning of verse 2, we see the Mount of Transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his garments became radiant and exceedingly white as no longer on earth can whiten them. Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. There were Moses and Elijah. They were dead, but they were still Moses and Elijah. And what amazed me the most is that Peter, James, and John knew who they were. They'd never seen a picture. There hadn't been any movies. Ten Commandments hadn't been made then. But they knew who they were. They recognized them. I think that means we probably will recognize each other in heaven. But I don't know. And if we do recognize it, will we know the folks that aren't there? 
we'll be sad because of it, but there's not supposed to be any tears in heaven. How is that going to work? I don't know. But I know how my Christmases down here work. I get instruction manuals with those. And if I can't get them to work on their own, I'll finally read them. I know about the things that I like down here that distract me. I know what makes those things tick. But heaven, I don't know how it works. And so there's a certain amount of unreality about it. If, if I don't know how it works, there's a part of me that wonders, does it work at all? And yet, despite the struggle, there's Jehovah God, our Heavenly Father, saying to me, Edwin, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. I know that it's hard where you are looking from your finite perspective. But heaven is better than Christmas. And so as I consider heaven and my goal and striving to get there, one of the things that I know about goal setting is that you've got to be able to envision it. You've got to have a captivating picture of whatever it is you're shooting for to reach for it. But if there's anything that I've tried to stress here is that one of the problems that I have, and perhaps you're like me, is that it's hard to have a captivating vision. Because we just don't have those details. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't know what we're going to do there. And we are limited by what we have seen down here. But I'll tell you what does captivate me. What does captivate me is the one who in a fatherly tone tells me, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. I may not know a lot about heaven, but I know a bit about God. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 says, He is the God that will not lie. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11 says that He is the God who, look, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children... Do you give good gifts to them today or yesterday or tomorrow? If we know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more does our Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts? He is the bestower of good gifts. And I know that Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9 says that His ways are above my ways and His thoughts are above my thoughts. He is bigger and more amazing. And Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for the good man someone would dare to die, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Our God is a God who has already demonstrated His love to us by sending His Son to die for us. And therefore, when that God says to me, you're just going to have to trust me, I can be captivated by that. I can trust my Heavenly Father. 
the one who is bigger and better and smarter and wiser and, and knows far more than I, he can say to me, I can't put it into words. You're just going to have to trust me. There are no words I can tell you that you'll understand in your finite mind. You're just going to have to trust me. Heaven is better than Christmas. You know what I believe we can do? I believe we can trust Him. Heaven is better. And so my question for you this morning is, what are your Christmases? What is it that causes you to struggle, that distracts you from being able to look to that goal? And I want to encourage you, trust God. Heaven is better. I want to tell you the rest of that story that I started earlier about Tessa. This morning, we came up here early. I was getting the slides set up. And she saw that statement across the top that said, better than Christmas. She said, oh, that's heaven. I thought maybe she just remembered having heard this sermon back when I preached it before. Back in Texas after this happened. I said, you believe that heaven is better than Christmas? She said, well, I don't know. I've never been there, but I think so. I said, well, why do you think so? She said, because God said so. If an eight-year-old can figure it out, perhaps we can too. Heaven is better. I certainly hope this lesson has edified you and been beneficial to you, helping you focus on heaven because you can trust the God who lives in heaven. Our Heavenly Father has told us heaven is better than Christmas. If you have any questions about heaven, about God, about what the Bible says about serving Him and being able to go spend eternity with Him in heaven, please give us a call, 615-794-2359. Or you may contact us through our website, which is www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. Perhaps somebody gave you this lesson on CD or on tape. If that's the case, won't you please go to that website I just mentioned. Again, it's franklinchurchofchrist.com. At that website, we have numerous lessons that you're free to download, both in audio and outline format. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. More importantly, may you richly bless God.